Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I am joined by David Allen. Yeah, and we are bringing you updates, updates, and a little bit more news about more updates. Uh, our opening discussion today is about the biggest update, which is Windows 11 getting its second moments slash feature pack slash just regular, I mean, it doesn't have an official name, but anyway, it's the second biggest update to Windows 11 since last October. Uh, we are getting um, a bunch of new features. So we're going to just run through them as part of our open discussion for those of you who haven't had a chance to play with it yet or just wanting to know what's in it before you update it. So I'm going to start with uh, Windows getting Bing search and chat. Uh, this was big news. This was probably like the headliner of the whole uh update package when we were uh, kind of going through it uh and it's a bit misleading how uh, what microsoft has done is basically uh built in uh, a way for people to test out its new beings plus chat uh gpt uh service uh previously people had to kind of get on a wait list they were instructed to do a whole bunch of background things like uh get an installer uh, make it the default. It, it added a Bing icon to the taskbar. It was a bunch of hoops to, everyone had to jump through. Uh, Microsoft is eliminating all of that and just building it into the search box in Windows. Uh, what ends up happening is when you initiate it, it will bring up a uh, Edge browser uh, instance where you can start playing around with the new chat, uh, chatbot, ChatGPT, and kind of testing things out. So this is part of Windows' uh, push towards putting AI into Windows. We'll see if they can do it more elegantly, more in the background, uh, more intuitively. But as of right now, uh, when you update to the next version of Windows, you should be able to start playing around with all of this AI stuff people have been talking about. What's our next feature? Well, this is going to be a big one, folks. This is something that people have clamored for for years, myself included. Phone Link now supports iOS. Yes, you heard it right. Apple and iPhone and Microsoft are playing together. So, another notable feature coming to the latest version of Windows 11 will be the support for iOS via, via a preview in the Windows Phone Link app. The addition of iOS support in Phone Link builds on current linkage between, as we know, Windows Phone or excuse me, Windows Phone, we wish. Windows Photo <laughs> and iCloud integration, and that's something we covered end of last year. If you remember, Apple and Microsoft got together and brought over iCloud and iCloud Photos. Panay goes into further details about what to expect and what will be supported and everything we get here. Basically, Phone Link is also getting more Android features, with the idea being to be more cohesive between Android and Phone Link and everything more, I guess, integrated into the operating system. You will be able to launch hot, your hotspot from the Phone Link app. You will be able to launch hotspot from your taskbar down at the bottom. This is something that I personally have seen in some of the Windows developer builds and some of the preview builds. So that will be a neat feature. And 
hate to say it, but that's a feature that comes straight from, guess what? Apple. You can, with an iPhone on a Mac, directly launch your hotspots. So we are getting some of those. And let's see, the next one we have Windows Studio Effects. Now, Windows Studio Effects, and Kareem can correct me if I'm wrong, so far they've only been available on Windows on ARM, and meaning that, like, for example, the podcast here, you could blur your background. Yeah, um, what, yeah what they initially did was they, so far, have only released it for the Surface Pro 9. Uh, so it is now, uh, I think they're testing it on more devices, uh, which is kind of the key thing. Uh, but yeah, it initially is so far for Windows ARM because uh, they've been able to add a dedicated CPU for this kind of stuff. So It's only been on the um, ARM, the Surface Pro 9, the 5G model for those that... This, that's a device so far, yeah, but they're opening it up yeah. to more devices. So essentially we have, let's see... It looks like it's going to be available on the Galaxy Book and the Galaxy Book Pro 2 360 and the it's already available on the ThinkPad X13. Uh yeah, I think with the update uh the the uh X13s uh will now have those features available. I think when it came out cuz it came out before the Pro uh Pro 9 so with the update, it will now be on par with that. So Microsoft's essentially able to kind of push it out uh, via uh, over-the-air software. So ideally, any more Windows and ARM devices that are, that are already out, uh, maybe they can start uh, receiving some of this update as well. And so, that you're right. I'm sorry, folks. I got that backwards. I had literally just saw <laughs> an X13 advertisement on a Facebook feed. So for some reason I was thinking that device was yet to come. It's already here. Right, but it'll be updated. Uh, the other thing we're getting is uh, enhanced Teams chats in Windows. So for those of you who, I think all three of you, because I don't know who uses the commercial version of Teams chat, but uh, if you're out there, you will be getting a new interface. Um, you will also be getting some uh, I believe in the window itself uh, functionality. So you can uh, adjust your uh, uh, video feed, your audio, things like that, just from the prompt. So for, again, for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, Microsoft built in on Windows the chat function, which is tied to Teams instead of Skype or any other popular chat service people are actually using uh, with the hopes of getting people to use it and communicate more. Uh, just picture Skype. Uh, but in a windowed form on the taskbar. So a little window pops up about uh, a fourth of the screen, shows who you're contacting, and within that contact, you'll be able to, again, like I said, adjust uh, your video feed, uh, adjust your audio, just like you would if you were in a full app. So you don't have to have a dedicated uh, window that takes up an entire screen to kind of get the right um, conferencing set up for yourself. Neat feature for the three folks that use <laughs> that. I didn't even, I'm going to be fair, folks. I didn't even know that existed until just a few weeks ago. So that tells you just how many people actually use it. Yeah, we exactly. have <laughs> our next one, which I think people will get some use out of, is quicker access to troubleshooting. Microsoft is making it easier to 
corporate and family-oriented troubleshooting by in by embedding quick access platform directly into the start menu. Users can now open the start menu and begin to type out quick and be presented with quick access with a quick with a quick access menu that will allow them to send out links to remote control of Windows desktops, screen shares, and other Uh, they can I'm get sorry. like uh, no, they can get like the laser pointer feature, uh, bug okay. logs, things like that. So this is like perfect for someone like yourself who works in admin. Uh, yes. If you're trying to show somebody uh, what's going on with their server and they have no idea what you're talking about, you can say, hey, you know what? Let me uh, remote into your desktop, and you can start doing that from the the start menu. Basically, uh, you don't need to search for it uh, through command prompts and things like that. So. It's kind of a cool feature. Uh, again, this is just a quicker way to let people get in and get out. People how to, you know, navigate their own operations. And I will throw this in there. Um, this is also a feature, I guess, that Microsoft has made their own version. Kind of maybe barred from Mac a little bit because Mac has something very similar built into iMessage for Mac. I recently discovered that helping somebody just a few weeks ago. Our next one is the widget functionality, which I'll let you cover. But basically, it's something we've all been playing with as insiders. Microsoft continues to have focus on making it's widget pane a user destination and it may have gotten a little closer with the addition of some useful widgets thank you microsoft for bringing phone link xbox game pass facebook messenger and spotify so we're finally getting some useful widgets over in the over in the menu i know um when i first heard of widgets i kind of had memories of windows 8 <laughs> and right it's nice to see that, you know, with playing with these in the Insider program, these are actually useful widgets. The look yeah, of the widget, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you got it. Go ahead. The look of the widgets has changed a bit, as well as Microsoft opting for various elongated windows versus the larger, wider predecessors. So if you remember, Again, back to Windows 8, the widgets menu was rather large. I mean, I'm going to be fair. It took up a good portion of your screen. That's part of the reason folks didn't like it in Windows 8. And Windows 11, if you've had a chance to take a look at it, if you're a member of the Insider Build, it's a lot longer, a little slender. It's actually usable. Yeah, and the cool thing is uh, for those of you who are uh, using tablets or just a Surface Pro in general, uh, there is a way to make it full screen. So uh, if the, I think the two or the third, third screen that normally comes out is presented, if you need something that's a little more touch friendly, they made it a wider one. Uh, the other cool thing about this is that they are pushing APIs out for developers. So uh, now that they can kind of see following uh, Microsoft's vision on what they would like a function widget to be like, uh, hopefully we'll start seeing, uh, you know, Maybe a Twitter widget, uh, an Instagram widget, uh, Audible widget, uh, you know, other widgets that we like Slack widget or something like that. 
this widget pane to make it even more useful and perhaps a little less innocent. Uh, I had hinted at improving touch, which is kind of what they've done uh, with the widgets pane, but they've also uh, been doing a lot with the taskbar, uh, making that larger when it's, uh, you know, for those who have a Surface Pro with a detached keyboard or any other type like a Surface Go or, you know, other Windows tablets. Uh, it's also hidden by default, so you get more screen real estate. Uh, they've also, you know, they made touch improvements to task manager things. So these are all coming uh, into this new update. Uh, for those of you who haven't even played around with it yet, there are updates from the last uh, one that uh, improved the UI for um, File Explorer and whatnot. So uh, we've gotten some cool new tweaks and, and finishes to help Windows 11. Again, it's still never going to be like Windows 8. Uh, if you're looking for like a massive overall of the touch interface, but it's it's inching its way there and it's, it's becoming more usable by the. But yeah, I think, yeah, we, we lost your audio there for just a second, my friend. I wanted to make sure you were finished with your thoughts. Oh, sure. I, I, we we have. Finally, native, and it seems like we've got a few finally's in this build. We had uh, finally's <laughs> with the uh, Apple and Microsoft playing together for phone link, and we find, we've got one more finally. Native screen recording in Windows. You no longer have to rely on a third-party tool, and if you're like me, you use this a lot for tutorials and you know trying to help people out and i'll say it's it's a pain in the butt sometimes to find a good third-party tool one i hate to say that's free because you don't use it often enough to warrant sometimes paying for it but you don't have to worry about paying for it anymore until recently windows users have had to rely as i said on a third-party solution to achieve Decent screen recordings with this new moment release of Windows. You do not have to do that. And fortunately, Microsoft is bringing a more streamlined way for Windows users to create their screen recordings via the snipping tool. To launch the new screen record, users simply need to search the snipping tool. And then when you find it down in the taskbar or use the, the keyboard shortcut, Windows key plus shift key, plus S to launch it. Once opened, users will be greeted with a new video recording icon <clears throat> next to the traditional capture, and it will give them a three-second countdown before the recording takes place. Snipping screen recordings are automatically saved to the to the default folder, which can be customized by users. And if it helps you guys out, I believe the default folder is pictures and under pictures, there is a screen recording folder because I had, unless mine is in the wrong place, that's where I've been using it. And that is where Windows 11 is dumping the screen recordings. One thing I wish Microsoft would add, if Microsoft, if you're listening, let's take this one step further. Give me a little bit of audio support. Doesn't have to be fancy. Give me a little bit of audio audio support, and we'll be good. Yeah. Uh, next up was this is a 
especially one for Mary Jo Foley, I suppose, uh, who uses Notepad <laughs> exclusively on Windows. Uh, Notepad gains tabs finally. So they put tabs in File Explorer. They're finally putting tabs in Notepad. Uh, maybe we'll get tabs in Window or in Word and some other, you know, maybe the Office uh, applications and things. Maybe we'll finally get sets across all of Windows as they still implement it app by app. But uh, it's just like it says, nothing super uh, complicated. Now, if you open up the Notepad app, you will have tabs. So uh, if you need to switch back and forth between reviewing code or implementing new code, that's a great thing for you. If you're a writer, you want to uh, check edits and quick edits. Uh, it's another good thing for you. If you are signing, uh, you know, just notes in general, so you don't use sketchy notes, uh, but you use uh, this instead. Uh, again, this is just another way to kind of uh, navigate with using just a single window versus having to kind of, you know, check your taskbar and navigate through multiple ones. I, you know, as you said, for you know, Mary Jo Foley, she's a Notepad fan. At first, I wasn't sure that I would use the tabs in File Explorer, but I've actually made a video on the our YouTube channel about it. It's something I use regularly, and I think just for jotting notes, tabs and yeah, notepad may be a big deal. Yeah. Um, what do you have for us? Now we're moving down to some of the stuff that I think is really cool. Accessibility. Um, Braille is coming to Windows 11. Microsoft will be increasing its accessibility Features list with the with the addition of Braille displays for narrators that includes support for three new design for surface displays via humanware. With the added support, vision impaired Windows users can switch between Braille experiences via the narrator app automatically. Well done, yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, this is kind of a cool one. Uh, basically, the humanware create these displays that are touch uh, sensitive. And what ends up happening is when someone initiates the narrator experience via voice access, which I believe is another function out, another feature uh, that'll help you bring up, you know, specific apps via your voice or navigate the whole operating system via your voice. These specialized screens will uh, give you a Braille sensation. So again, uh, you know, we always use narrator to, for people who can't see, they just kind of talk through this. If you want to actually touch your screen and and get a feel for that, Humanware makes these uh, screen uh, adaptions that's is great. Very very cool. And as you brought up, um, we have another uh, voice access. In addition to voice access coming out of preview, and will be generally available for all Windows users, and it brings support for activating and navigating native Windows 11 apps such as Word, File Explorer, and the Microsoft Store via voice controls. This has been a long time coming. I remember trying to help folks that were disabled when we used good old Dragon Dictator, and I've always wondered, when would somebody put this <laughs> in an operating system? Thank you again, Microsoft. Yeah, we got our last one, which is a new Windows 365 app for cloud PCs. Uh, for users that need access to the cloud PC, Microsoft is updating its Windows 365 app uh, and making it available via the Microsoft Store. So uh, you no longer need to necessarily go to your admin to get access to it. You can go to the Microsoft Store and start typing in that and get 
updated version. Uh, it can be launched straight from the desktop and it will send you directly into your cloud PC uh, uh, with the features that allow for adjusting settings, profiles, work styles, uh, and you can switch between local and cloud PC saves uh, while doing this. So uh, expanding accessibility uh, to more people and more devices. Uh, that is a wrap up. Like you said, it was kind of a long one. Uh, if you want more details, we didn't cover enough for you. Uh, uh, you can go visit our our site. We have you know full coverage on it. Uh, visit our Twitter as well. Uh, we have links to the actual update blog posts uh, from Microsoft in their own specific words. Uh, with that said, let's move on to our headlines. We have a couple. Uh, since we spent so much time on the opening discussion, I'm going to try and fly through these. So I want everyone to buckle up because we're this as quickly as possible. Uh, our first headline is what Microsoft is bringing in store for Teams and Teams for Education. Uh, this is actually what they did in February. So for those of you who haven't updated or looking to find it, kind of see uh, what's new uh, to you, here we go. We got meetings. First up, Microsoft is adding support for tabs for anonymous users and meetings. This will allow developers to have experiences for uh, anonymous users and Teams meetings. Additionally, the free version will now let users send in to specific attendees using a bot. So you're going to uh, Microsoft is a capability that allows users to create uh, an external meeting uh, using the virtual appointments teams meetings template directly from the team's calendar. So you're just getting help just kind of like an outlook when you kind of want to organize uh, a meeting. It kind of gives you prompts to set it up specifically so that you get all the data and all the information to the right people at the right time. Uh, the company about this feature, employees get a hassle-free meeting experience without having to set up, learn, or manage new tools. The template also lays out a routine scheduling flow, uh, but with the value of uh, business uh, uh, consumer features, such as a tailored meeting invitation for external guests, ability to join any device without install teams, which is great, pre-appointment lobby that uh, guests enter before meetings begin, i.e. much like Zoom. Uh, there's a new update uh, for calling, Experience has been enhanced with a host of these as well as features. First up, uh, in the new capabilities, uh, allows for multitasking, picture and picture mode uh, on iPads and iPhones, which is great. Uh, you can now adjust meetings windows with your finger and move it to another location. So it's touch friendly uh, addition. Uh, additionally, the presenter, uh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, there we go. The presenter has also gotten usability improvements in screen sharing. Uh, and uh, the other key calling improvements are made to the platform include uh, a new call control uh, with survivable branch appliance support for Android devices and the team's authentication improvements and more. Uh, and collaboration improvements uh, that help you expand your reach. Um, and these will be going in distribution for teams. Uh, simpler rather than having a tag in uh, tag in everyone in a message um, individually you can simply just add everyone and it'll get it'll, it'll gather all the participants and give them a notification that you're trying to talk to each and every one of them all participants will receive the notification that's saving you time while fostering effective communication says microsoft uh last thing we have i think is uh, for teams education uh they've gotten two new features which is parents via sbnt uh SMS, so you can do it, send out a text and, you know, they'll get a link and you can all do that. So you don't have to do app to app stuff. Uh, the, and then you get teacher meetings as well. Uh, the former enhances the communication between the course facilitator and the parent where admins get to choose either a, a email or SMS as preferred 
parent connection invitation channel, whereas the latter lets teachers schedule meetings with uh, easily. This is great for all these parent conferences that will be coming up at the end of the quarter for people at school right before they go off to spring break. Uh, so though that's what's coming or that's what happened in February. That's what's available for you uh, as of today. Uh, what else do you got for us as far as the headline? Well, I'm going to add just a little bit more to what we did here in the opening discussion. I've got a little bit more information on the iPhone support coming to Windows 11. Again, if you were on the Insiders or the DevVille or any of the Windows Insider channels, you are eligible for it. Not everybody gets it on the first day. That's something I I have run into is people asking, you know, why don't I see it? Basically, if you go to add a phone inside phone link, as you know, you are prompted for Android. Well, now there's an iPhone option. If your iPhone option is grayed out, that means that you are not accepted into the preview yet. And Microsoft did say it has nothing to do with the version of phone link that you're using. It is all cloud-based, and as feedback comes in from the small group that is a part of the preview program, it will expand to add more people. Hopefully, it expands quickly. Uh, We do not have anything that says when the full release date of this will be. I know some people are chomping at the bit to get it. I understand. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we have uh, in the way of news is uh, Windows Insiders get uh, new builds, and so does the between both Dev and Beta. Uh, if you're in the Dev channel, you should be on the lookout for 25.309. If you're on the Beta channel, look out for uh, 13.91 and uh, 22.624, uh, 13.91. So uh, I apologize. Let me get this correct for you. 22.621, 13.91, and 26.24, 13.91. Uh, those are the two builds you should be able to look out for, and they come with actually some nice new features. So if you weren't satisfied with uh, the update you got from uh, the Moments or Moments 2 update, uh, here's some new features for you to kind of test out. Uh, we have, uh, I believe for the dev channel, there's a new volume mixer experience. Uh, it just means that there is, you know, they've updated the UI a little bit more on both the uh, quick action settings on your taskbar and in the settings menu, uh, you know, just more or roundiness for everybody. Uh, you can kind of check it out or bring up the prompt by hitting uh, Windows, Control, and V. Uh, the up, the updated audio quick settings experience brings a modern volume mixer that allows for quick estimations of audio and a per app on a per app basis, which is great because, again, you don't have to kind of search through the settings menu to find out which app you're trying to lower the volume with or make adjustments to. Uh, the other thing we get is an updated touchboard key, uh, touch settings, uh, which are now back, so you can make all kinds of customizations uh, to that. Microsoft introduced a new set of touch keyboard settings with the insider build 25188 and pulled it uh, when they reintroduced or when they released 25217. Uh, now it's back uh, with some fixes. The new settings replaced the show the touch keyboard when there's no keyboard attached setting. Uh, it has a new checkbox uh, with the drop down menu that allows following tweaks. So uh, you can kind of you know, uh, tell Windows when you would and would not like to see keyboard. Uh, you can start with never, when the key, when no keyboard attached, always uh, as um, the new uh, option settings. We also get an expansion of auto 
Management, ACM, uh, which appeared appeared last October. Uh, but now it's in Dev Channel Insiders and will be uh, able to turn uh, ACM on for uh, SDR displays and have all the colors across the Windows apps. Uh, whether or not they are color managed uh, appeared accurately or consistently on every support display. So um, you could kind of boost your visuals on any any SDR supported display. Uh, getting purpose to voice access. Uh, again, we just mentioned that it was uh, made available in general availability for everybody, and they're already making improvements in the dev channel for this. Uh, we're also getting a, uh, with these updates, we're getting redesigned command uh, to help with English dialects. That's for uh, UK, India, New Zealand, Canada, and Australia. Uh, a new text, sec uh, text selection and editing commands. Uh, start with treatment explorations. Uh, and I think Microsoft's looking for feedback on all of this. So uh, if you can, give them all the feedback you can. Let's make Windows better. Uh, there's also, uh, and this is what we get for the beta channels, uh, there's a bump in the build number. Uh, and I believe there's an enablement package that comes via 2264. Uh, so for that build. Uh, other than that, there are some known fixes uh, and some bugs and some issues. Uh, not as many. I think they've actually doodle the list down to i think about three or four left if you again if you want details on that visit the site i didn't include them in this note because again we're flying through a bunch of stuff what do you got for our next headline well i'm gonna change gears a little bit uh let's get back to the activision blizzard merger uh activision blizzard microsoft purchase if you will if you guys are a little bored with it hadn't heard much about it lately well guess what we've got a little something for you stocks were up 1.8 percent this week and here's the reason why the activision stocks that is the yep. eu has basically said hey we're not going to make microsoft sell something in order for this merger to go through there were some big rumors news. floating yeah that that that's a big deal there there were there were rumors going around that microsoft may have to sell some assets there was even a rumor i saw where microsoft might have to sell off call of duty so at least this is a win in microsoft's favor we know they've still got the ftc over in the you know over here in the u.s to deal with and there's no guarantee that you know they're in the clear by no means i don't want to set that expectation microsoft has also been out there as we know making deals licensing deals with nvidia they've made licensing deals with nintendo and i think for the eu's perspective this is what they're looking for make licensing deals microsoft stick to it bring content to your gamers and we might let you spend 70 billion dollars well i'm going to take the super optimistic approach and say this is a done deal microsoft has got activision games 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 everybody let's all celebrate i'm just kidding uh as you said it's it's a bit of cautionary yes uh they the cma has already uh issued uh some concessions that they uh, are going to be, be wanting Microsoft to make. I believe that they're supposed to have a formal one uh, sent out this week or so. And I think Microsoft has until April or the end of this month in order to meet those concessions. So we'll find out what they want. Uh, like you said, the FTC is still on their tail. Uh, and it just, you know, I think the competition internally speaking about how this may or may not uh, weaken uh, the FTC's arguments uh, going ahead. If the, if the EU 
which has been traditionally consumer focused protections, doesn't have an issue with this in, in, the, in the US, which has traditionally been corporation protected uh, interest is going to have it's going to be interesting to see how Lena Khan kind of dances around uh, this precedent that the EU is making. But uh, these are speculations we will you know, we have until June ish, which is the Microsoft internal deadline with Activision to have this still go through to see what you know comes about. But this is at least a good sign. Microsoft had has had at least about three months of kind of negative headlines about this deal so far. This is, you know, one good one coming out so far. Yeah, I think Microsoft needed that little shot in the arm. And I think the media, us, needed Microsoft to have that little shot in the arm because I was noticing that certain media members were saying, hey, is this going to go through? Is Microsoft going to abandon it? Well, if it gets here, they'll abandon it. If it gets there, they'll abandon it. You know, we were starting to hear negative press. And that was one thing when you start hearing negative press, I didn't want that ball to start rolling down a hill a little bit. So I'm glad that Microsoft got a win. Maybe they can get back on their feet and get this deal finished for the gamers. Speaking of negative press and getting back on their feet, what's your next headline got for us? I got one more for you. Um, We're going to talk about AI just a little bit. And we're going to talk about it from the Google perspective. And the reason I included this, I just wanted our readers to understand that even though we know Microsoft was first with AI with Bing Jet, as we mentioned in a couple previous podcasts, Google is out there playing with AI too. And guess where they're playing with AI at? In their search ads. If anybody is surprised and basically... What they're going to start doing is AI is going to be able to generate your search assets for you based on ad strength. You do have the ability to say, hey, we don't want you to generate these assets. You can use part of the assets, none of the assets, and it's even going to be able to generate your headlines for you and the variety of headlines that you have. Now, Kareem, I know you work in marketing. You may know a little bit more detail about this than what we have here, but I'm a little uh, iffy about this, to be fair. I wouldn't be too concerned if I were you. Uh, Google already implements uh, AI, AI algorithms uh to kind of drum up uh ads for people uh advertisers can pay to have uh what they call dynamic search ads uh which basically go and pull headlines based on the query so if you're typing in i want to know who sells the best or the cheapest blue socks in your state so in states it's you know georgia or south carolina or whatnot uh what it will do is it will Pair that search query specifically to Blue Sox, South Carolina, and it will search the web. It will find your website. It will pull headlines from your website, words specifically to that, and put together an entire headline that presents to the to the reader. Uh, again, you didn't have to type in anything. You just basically had to set a bid saying, I will pay this amount for this ad. Uh, because it's dynamic generated, it doesn't always make coherent sense. 
but it does match almost 90%, 90, 98% of the time to what someone's specifically searching for. Again, it doesn't read very well. It reads like a robot wrote it, but it does include all of the headlines, all the information from your site that is re relevant to the search that they had. And it sounds like what they're going to do is basically that with a bit more coherency. Uh, they're basically going to take chat GPT or whatever uh, their version was, Bard, I believe it is, Bard. and make it sound yeah, make it sound more uh, authentic. Make it sound, make it sound more authentic. Yeah, sorry, grabbing some lunch. Thanks, man. Uh, make it sound more authentic to what the search was for people, uh, less robotic. That's what it seems like. Because, like I said, my, uh, Google has been doing this for a while now, and they've been pushing advertisers to kind of use their algorithms, AI, to kind of create this kind of stuff. So. Uh, I don't see this as a surprise. This is great. Uh, Microsoft needs to do, I think they already introduced their version to advertisers, I believe two or three weeks ago. So we're off to the races on more human-like headlines in our searches. And something I will throw in there, I had, you know, if this was not enough information to warrant a full headline, it looks like we're going to start seeing the APIs come out for some of the uh, chat GPT and uh, Bing chat. And, and if, you know, let me just throw one thing out there. I know the developers are gonna go crazy and there are some developers out there that are going to get a really big payday off of these, you know, APIs for AI chat. And it's going to be interesting to see what the developers do with it. I mean, it's just like Android and iOS you know google and apple give us the operating systems they throw out the apis and all our you know millions of developers pick it up and make the cool apps that we use so it's going to be interesting to see where this leads us yeah the secondary effect that adele was talking about for everyone who you know specifically like us in journalism uh artists things like that poets writers things like that that were concerned about chat gpt taking those jobs in specific, I believe Nadella was edging towards this in the conversation that this is where people will now need to kind of harness their professions, being the person who can wrangle this AI, who can uh, develop for this AI specifically and create things specific to this. That's where the new economy could be for those individuals. So, you know, as we went from mining coal to writing code, from writing code now to harnessing that code into something that's usable for everybody. With that no, being said, and, go ahead. Okay. No, no. You, you and, have our last yeah, thought. That that was kind of where I was going to close things out. You know, we're going. This is going to be a complete ecosystem, just like computer science was back in the '90s. You had C, C plus plus. You know, everybody was saying, "Hey, you need to know the C language. You need to know C plus plus." Well, then that that transposed to you need to know java well now people say you need to know python you need to know shell scripting you need to know how to use visual studio so it's going to be and there's going to be a complete set of tools as to use your term kareem on how to wrangle ai so for you folks out there teenagers young kids going hey i want a part of this or if you're in college and you're looking at it Pay attention to what's being offered. This could be where the next cash cow is. When I came through, if you knew C and C++, well, guess what? 
you're making the money you you made the money today for those that learn how to wrangle ai while you're in the college system you'll make the money tomorrow that's 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 my opinion and that is a great opinion to end on everybody uh we had a lot to talk about i'm glad you guys hung out with us for another day uh that is the end of this podcast where can people find you david paj1978 i've usually got my twitter window open so feel free to stop by good bad or ugly just stop by uh i can be found at mindhead1 uh, on twitter as well again i i'll read the comments on my post as well so you can find us you know on our website at twitter uh we want to again thank you guys for hanging out with us and we hope that uh we brought you some good news go try out the new windows go try out the new chat gpt uh be prepared for chat gpt powered ads um have a great weekend bye take care folks